0: Hey, uh, good morning and welcome to One Church. How are you guys doing today? Woo! Man, uh, I love this time of year, Christmas time of the year. It's so great. I didn't actually get a chance to teach any of the Christmas messages this year, but uh, uh, had I done so, it might have been interesting, uh, but that's besides the point. So, uh, no, I love Christmas. I love being here. Just to kind of introduce myself, as Chris said, uh, my name is Dave Thompson, and I'm one of the teaching pastors here. Uh, if you're kind of new with us, uh, you, you probably have never seen me before. Uh, I only teach every so often, and uh, and and I'll probably be teaching more as as the year progresses. And uh, uh, but if you're also super new and and, uh, you don't necessarily like what I have to say, or you don't like me as a speaker, hey, good news! uh, Chris is a much better speaker. Uh, And if you do like what I have to say, and you do like me as a speaker, again, uh, Chris is a much better speaker. So, uh, super excited to be here. Super excited to do this series. uh, Follow. I've been wanting to do this series for a few years now, and. uh, I, I kind of, you know, moaned and whined enough to finally get it on the, the calendar and Chris is like, well since you had to get it on there, you gotta teach it. So um, so here I am and and you guys are stuck with me. So I'm I'm stoked about that. Who loved what they got for Christmas? Can we just get a raise of hands? That's right. Um, my, you know, my, my family kind of has this, like, funny way of telling you things, you know, sometimes through, like, the gifts, kind of like a passive-aggressive way. And uh, it, it's funny because uh, my wife, my, my beautiful wife, got me these awesome new shoes for Christmas. That's right. And, uh, and so I, I opened them up, and I tried them on, and, and then she kind of looked at me, and she's like, and, and, and now you can stop wearing your old ones. And well, she kind of just outright said it. But, but then I, I get to my parents' house, and, and my parents got me a treadmill yeah like 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 what was that say so no uh no seriously i I love christmas my my dad got a rocket propelled grenade launcher, actually, like who needs that um, <laughs> not my dad i don 't think, sorry, love you dad um, no, but seriously i am I'm really excited about this series uh follow and uh and, and, and whenever I was kind of thinking through the process of this series, I started thinking about to me uh, and whenever I was growing up and how I observed the church and how I witnessed the church and, and sometimes even kind of participated in some of this. But I had this idea that that this whole Christian thing, this religion thing, the spirituality thing was was all a big game of Jesus says, you know, like like the game Simon says, like, Simon says do this. Simon says do that. Oh Simon didn't say you know. Uh, and, and so we, we play this game of Jesus like Jesus says read your Bible. Jesus says pray. Oh Jesus didn't say look over there you know but have you seen her? She's you know it's and and so whenever you're playing this game you, you, you get out and when you're out like you're out you know. You're just out of the game and and so me I if you don't know me uh I actually spent most of my high school and middle school career, uh, even a large chunk of my adult life, as an atheist. I was actually very uh, against the church, against Christianity. And, and so, so me, I was just like this observer watching all my friends and, and how they played this big game of Jesus Says. And, and so they would play for a while, and, and then I would get one of them out because, you know, I was awesome like that. And, you know, and they'd be out. And then they kind of realized that, you know, I'll be honest. Life is kind of easier when you're out like, when you're not playing the game, when you're not doing the, the, the Jesus says, and, and, and you know, oh, oh, Jesus didn't say do that, and so you're out, and, like, it's a whole lot easier. It's it's a whole lot less miserable, I'll be honest, and maybe, uh, you know, maybe, you know, of course, you know, we, we'd get out, and, and we'd spend some time out, you know, and just really enjoy life, and, and, uh, And then, you know, some of my friends would go to a camp, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, i got to get back in this game. You know, Jesus says read your Bible. Jesus says pray. Jesus says go to church. And and so they're back in this. And sometimes I would kind of play along. You know, I would just kind of jump in with them. And and whenever I would hang out, I would go to church with them. Or, you know, I would kind of pretend to pray whenever I was with uh, my Boy Scout group. And, and, you know, and so I I would just kind of play along. and, And I noticed that the more I would play along, like, the more, like, judgmental I became. The, the longer that I played the game of Jesus says and that I was actually doing what Jesus says, like, like I'm winning is the way I saw it. Like, like, like Jesus, look at me. Like, like, look at all those. Like, they're sitting down right now because they're out, and, and, and I'm still in Jesus. Like, like look at me. And, you know, of course, you know, then I would start to get mad because I would see these people, and, and they're out of the game, and, and they're just, you know, they're having fun. Can, can, I, can I be real for a moment? Like, when you're out of the game, it's, it's fun for a time. And I look at them, and, and you know, and I, I'm thinking, hey, 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 get back in the game. Like, if I'm going to be miserable, you're going to be miserable. Like, we're, we're just all going to be miserable together. Why? Because it's just a big game of Jesus says. Now it's so wrong, and that's not what it is. And and and, but maybe that's you. Maybe that's your story. Maybe you grew up in the church that it was just Jesus says. Maybe you, you, you tried to play the game and you couldn't, or you know, and and or maybe you know. At best, you, you, you were kind of around it. Maybe at best, you, you participated. You never really understood it. You, you would play for a time, and you would get out. And maybe the last time, you just got out, and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to stay out. Like, sure, I might go to hell. I'll probably know some people there. But, you know, like, I'll, I'll just stay out. Like, it, it'll be okay. And and, uh, and so maybe that's you. Um, but but what I want to do is is today, and really over the next month, um, I want us to take everything that we know about Christianity, everything we know about religion, everything we know about church, everything we know about spirituality, whatever you want to call it let 's just erase it from our brains let 's forget it whether you you're here and, and you just don't go to church and and you 're in visiting family and they just kind of forced you to come today or or maybe uh you've been a Christian for a long time, maybe you've always been a churchgoer, uh, you know, whatever your story is, let's all of us together, as an entire church, as a community of people, let's just erase, let's just, boop, you know, gone, like it's, it's out of our heads. And let's really get to the bottom of what it is. What was it that Jesus was here to do? Why, why did he come here? And I believe that uh, if all of us start to do that, and and we all, together, read either Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, the four accounts of Jesus' life. And, and, we, and we go in and we read one of these and we just see what he did, what he said while he was here. I believe we'll all start to realize that it's, it's extraordinarily relational. That Jesus' mission here, that Jesus' purpose here, was to build relationships. Um, in fact, uh, uh, you know, Jesus said the reason, you know, one, he, he said a few reasons why he came. One of the reasons he says, I've come so that you will know the father. And so Jesus introduces this idea of a father and a son and, 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 how he's here so that you can build relationship with him so that you will understand and know his father. He, he, he spends a lot of time building this idea, this, this, this idea of father. And maybe you're like, well, I have a father and, you know, sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not. Mine's great. Love you, dad. Um, and And so you know, so you have a father, but the reality is is what Jesus is saying is this isn't just a, an image of your father; this is father perfected and and so and so it's it's interesting because he 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 introduced this idea of father and child and 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 you can't get much more relational than that or or another uh idea that he talks about is is a vine and a branch and and you know of course, the vine doesn't say, "Hey, branch, do this, no, the vine just simply says, "Hey." If you, if you stay a part of me, if you abide in me, then you will grow and you will have life. Or, or the, the last one, you know, he talks about is a shepherd and a sheep. And, and that's kind of a bad example for us because, you know, we, we don't really, you know, raise sheeps. Or, well, I don't know, some of you might if you're from like Stewart County or something. But um, no, we, 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 we have this idea of a shepherd and a sheep. And, and it's because Jesus, you know, what he's getting at is the fact that a shepherd protects his sheep and that there's this relationship between a sheep and a shepherd that the shepherd is able to live because of the sheep, and the sheep is able to live because of the shepherd. And that the shepherd says that, you know, Jesus says that whenever I speak, I'm the good shepherd. Whenever I speak, my sheep sheep listen. And there's many sheep out there, but the ones that belong to him hear, and they hear his voice, and they start to move in the same direction. You, it's incredibly relational. And and so if 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 your approach to to spirituality, your approach to religion, or specifically your approach to Christianity, is anything less than that, or anything more than that, then perhaps you've missed it. Perhaps you you've missed the the, the really big idea. And uh, and so what I want us today to do is really get to 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 not not this idea of a thousand words, or 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 what is Christianity about, in 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 a whole text, or. You know a whole definition, but really get to the basis of just one simple word: follow, follow. And this is amazing because Jesus extended the invitation to follow to all kinds of people, whether you were rich or poor, whether you you uh, uh, were, were religious or irreligious, whether you were good or bad, whether you're sinner or not sinner. God or Jesus invited everyone to follow. And, uh, and so today I want to look at a story, and, and it's, uh, if, if you're kind of familiar with Bible study, then you've probably heard the story a time or two. Uh, uh, if you're new, then, then this is new to you. If you're here and you're just not a Christian and you actually are just, let's even say you're anti-Christian, you're going to love this story. Let's say you're just very against religion. You're going to love this story, and, uh, and I think everybody in this room will be able to pull something out of it. So Matthew 9, verse 9, it says... As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew. Now, Matthew, again, so this is in the book of Matthew. Matthew is writing it, he's writing about his own story. Um, And so he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Now, now, you know, of course, again, that doesn't have much unless, you know, you're the one who has to pay taxes on uh, April 15th or 14th, somewhere in there, uh, every year. You don't really have much of an emotional response to tax. In fact, some of you actually love taxes because you get a large chunk back every year. Um, in this situation, the the best thing that I can use to describe the emotional response that Jewish men and women had towards tax collectors would be like that 22-year-old kid who sells drugs outside of a gas station to middle schoolers whenever they go to get candy. Yeah, that's eerie. That's disgusting. You know, really, there, there's probably many other things I could use to describe a tax collector, but I'm just not going to here in church. Like, it, 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 it elicits such an emotional response. They, they found these tax collectors positively disgusting. And, uh, and, and, and the big reason was it's just kind of the whole idea of what a tax collector was. These were Jewish men and women who were basically traitors to their own nation. They were hired by the Romans to, to collect taxes to give to Rome. These were people who, who all Jewish men and women hated because, well, there wasn't a whole lot of regulation on how much taxes they could collect. As long as Rome was getting their slice of the pie, they didn't care if you went in. I mean, there, there was... There was crossroad tax there was a harbor tax there was um there was a tax on wine you know some of you guys this past week probably would have spent a lot of money um like there was there was all sorts of taxes and, and so these people hated tax collectors and so they comes across this this person sitting at a tax collector and jesus walks up to you know at this point and doc basically on his big lake and he's collecting taxes and and there sits matthew now, I just want to say something. Jesus could have said anything he wanted to Matthew. He could have walked up to Matthew and said, you know, I'm sure your mother's really proud. You know, he could have said, like, any number of things he could have said to Matthew. And really, he could have, he should have. And in all honesty, he was probably the only person who was fully, like, justified to literally say whatever he wanted to Matthew. But I love with this because Jesus looks up at Matthew, and, and, and I guarantee you, Matthew never forgot this moment in his life. Jesus looks at Matthew and he walks over and he says, Follow me. Follow me. Now, I'm sure at this point in time, the Bible doesn't really say it, but I'm sure there's an audible groan from, from the people who, who were following Jesus at this point in time because I'm sure Peter, he's thinking, Hey, you know, like, wait. T- t- did he just say what I, like did he just say that like did he just as simple as that say follow like no he can't say follow me because I'm following him and if I'm following him and Matthew's following him then that means we're together and I I just I don't think that no I'm not okay with that. And and so you know surely it can't be that simple. Surely it, it, it can't just surely he can't just walk up to Matthew and say follow me. And again, there, there's a lot of things that Jesus could have said to Matthew. Um, you know, he could, have, he could have said, hey, first you have to do this step and then follow me. He could have actually said many things, and, and but they probably would have been too hard, too difficult. Matthew would have said no, but instead he says, follow me and I love this, and Matthew got up and followed him. Now, if you're, you know, one of Jesus' closest followers, like, you know that you're hanging out with Jesus. You're, you're like, wait, 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 hang on. It can't be that simple. Like, we're, we're, we're going, and, and and you find out one minute that, that we're in a group with, you know, with, with this guy. And not to mention, like, Jesus has a whole, like, group of people following him, these religious leaders. Uh, and, and I love, you know, I watched Star Wars uh, yesterday. Who, anybody watched Star Wars yet? Yep. All right, whenever that thing happened to that person, I... <laughs> I'm just playing. Um, no, uh... I, I, I love Star Wars, but whenever these people come around, these people follow Jesus everywhere, and I always just, you know, whenever I'm reading the Bible, I always envision, like, the empirical march, you know, the bum, 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 Like, it's, you know, it's Darth Sidious coming out of the uh, the big ship. It's, it's you know, it's, it's it, here comes the bad guys, right? And so you've got these people who are following, and, and I guarantee that, you know, Jesus, his followers found it that, that, no, it can't be that simple. Surely, surely these people were like, wait, no. He, he's a rabbi. He can't, he can't just say, follow me. And, and I love because this is what Jesus didn't say. Jesus says, follow me, right? And Matthew got up and followed him. He didn't say, well, first you, you have to stop doing this, and then you can come follow me. He, he didn't say, first you have to start doing this over here, and then you can come follow me. He, he didn't say, well, you know what, I'm just going to give you an assignment. I'm going to disappear for three weeks, and I'm going to come back and check. And if you checked, you have a check mark in all these boxes, then you can come follow me. No, it's, it's the most simplest form. It, it, was, it was in that moment, it was just something incredibly simple. It was follow me. And this wasn't just an invitation to, like, say, hey, let's just go walk down the street together. Jesus was a rabbi. This was an invitation saying, hey, I want you to come be part of my group. I want you to become part of my posse. I want you to associate yourself with me, and, and I'm actually going to associate myself with you. Matthew, follow me. And this is what's so significant about this. We're going to talk about this for a few weeks, um, is what I want us, again, you know, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, that I want us all to just erase what we knew about, about Christianity, erase what we knew about religion, and I want us to get into this, just this one question, and all of us as a group of people, whether you're here and you're Christian, whether you're not Christian, whether you're completely against Christianity, whether, whether you're, you're, you know, if I, if I say John 11 and you say Lazarus, you know, which, you know, well, you guys really aren't that way, but, you know, if some of you might be like just super Bible, like, uh, you know, I've been going to you know church since I was born or really since before I was born. If, if that's you and, and, and all of us, I just want us just to erase it. Forget all of the other imagery, forget all of the other, all the stuff, you know, I'm not talking about following Ten Commandments, I'm not talking about uh, obedience even, I'm talking about, let's just get it to the most basic level, the most simplest form. And as, ask us this question. And every night for the next month, every night, as we, every moment, every decision we make, we ask this question. Am I following? Am I following? It's not a question of, I, if I do these ten things, or I'm never going to do these four things, or I, I need to wake up and do this every day, am I following? Not did I go to church, not, not did I read, not, not you know, d- didn't I do, what did I do, what didn't I do, not, no. To the most basic, most simple question, am I following? Now, again, this seems too simple to, to Jesus' uh, followers. Again, you know, as I mentioned, we have these, these group of religious people following, and we'll pick up with Matthew nine ten. 10. Um, it says, while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house. Now, I love this because we're just going to hang out here. Now, we thought Peter had an issue whenever Jesus was just standing near the tax collector's booth saying, hey, Matthew, follow me. And now we're at Matthew's house. Like, they they, they go from one extreme to, to, oh my goodness, I didn't think it could get any worse. Now we're actually in this person's house. Did you know that just simply walking into somebody's door or sitting down, and I love this, while having dinner at Matthew's house, just in this day and age, if you just simply sat down and had a meal with somebody, you were showing complete acceptance of that person. And so, so Jesus and all of his followers are now sitting and having a meal with this person, and 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 I love this because you know, well, one, I, like, I'm sure, like, how did the conversation even take place? Like, you know, hey, okay, I'll follow you. He gets up and goes, and, and now they're at Matthew's house. Like. I'm sure Matthew's like, okay, well, where are we, fo- where, where, where are we going? And Jesus' is like, we're going to your house. Like, and Jesus did this many times. Like, if you've ever read the story of Zacchaeus, you know, hey, Zacchaeus, uh, uh, yeah, where are we going? We're going to your house. We're going to have dinner. We're going to go somewhere that, that's comfortable for you. We're going to go somewhere that, that you are okay with. It might ruin my reputation, but it's going to be good for you. It's going to be a baby step. For you. Now, so he's having dinner at Jesus' house, and it says, (laughs) I love this many tax collectors and sinners. Now, this is where it gets a little funny because did you realize that to be a tax collector was so bad that even sinners were offended if you consider them like a part of that group? That, that That they were so looked down upon that sinners wouldn't even consider themselves a part of that group. Like, I might be a sinner. Like, I might have murdered my grandmother with a, you know, a, a hammer, right? But at least I'm not a tax collector. Like, like, I might be bad. I might be doing some stupid stuff. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm going a little crazy. But at least I'm not a tax collector. Can, can we just really just hang out there for a moment? And so what I love about this is, I mean, who, who else would be sitting at Matthew's house? I mean tax collectors they they couldn't you know go and and they couldn't go to the temple to to try to you know um, ask for forgiveness for their sins they, they they couldn't be a part of any form of religious gathering they they couldn't really be a part of society. who else would they hang out with than other tax collectors and so so they're at this house and and uh you know and, and of course you know they' What else are you going to do? So you got tax dollars and sinners, and they're like, you know, hey, we're gonna we're gonna go to hell one day anyway, so let's just eat, drink, and be merry and enjoy each other's company. Until then, you know, we we'll, we'll just figure that out. And and so so Jesus goes to Matthew's house, and and Matthew just invites everybody he knows. We're just gonna have a shindig over here. We're gonna have a party. Bring yeah, hey, you know you know that, that that cousin of yours that you know that 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 cousin that that uh that, that's out there selling selling crack. You know, hey, yeah, invite that person over. Hey, 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 you know, you know that guy that, that murdered somebody last week? Yeah, I want you to bring him too. You know that atheist friend of yours that, that everybody else just looks down upon? Yeah, I want you to bring him as well. How about that Muslim friend of yours? Yeah, can, can we get him over too? I really just want him to meet this Jesus guy. You see, we read tax collectors and sinners and we're like, oh, that doesn't really apply to our, you know, 21st century mentality. But but if you really read in what this story would be said today, you start to realize that this is just an odd group of people for for Jesus, like God in a bod? Jesus, God incarnate? Jesus, like, Supposedly the the man who never sinned, supposedly the man who never did anything wrong, hanging out with these people? And I think it tells us something just really important about him. See, Jesus was extraordinarily comfortable with people who were nothing like him. And people who were nothing like him were comfortable with him. Not something I've had to work on because, you know, like, I think of Jesus, like, again, he's God in a body. Like, if anybody has high self esteem, it has to be Jesus, right? Like, if anybody has, like, no self esteem issues, like, if, if, who has self esteem issues? You're all liars. No, like, seriously, like, if anybody doesn't, it has to be Jesus. Now, what, have you ever met somebody who's just, like, so comfortable with themselves that they make you feel comfortable as well? And I'm not talking about somebody who's just, like, so amazingly good-looking that it's intimidating. I'm saying just someone who's just so incredibly comfortable that you just feel comfortable around them. So, so whimsical. Like, just, I, I have a feeling that that was Jesus. Like, he's around these people. He's around, you know, people who are nothing like him, but yet they were so comfortable being with him. And, and so, I guess what I have to say with this is, if you're here and you're not, like, a religious person, you're here and you're not really a Christian or you don't really understand this whole thing, Jesus thing, and you're here hanging out with us, and, and we've made you feel anything less than welcomed, loved, or accepted by us. That's our fault. That's not our Savior's fault. And the reason I know is because our Savior, again, was incredibly comfortable being around people who were nothing like them, and people nothing like him were incredibly comfortable being around him. Now, when the Pharisees see this, bum bum, 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 Okay, so when the Pharisees saw this, um, you know, again, they, they, now these are people who's kind of following around Jesus. They want to know what he's up to. They're kind of taking notes. They're, they're, they're trying to figure out, you know, is, is he going to be the next big thing? Is, is he challenging to us? You know, they, at this point in time, I really do think that they haven't fully uh, made a decision as to whether or not they like him and and so they see him and and and, and you know they're like wait hang on did he just call a tax collector and you know hey 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 write this down you know T- take note of this and we're just gonna keep following and they're like okay oh oh man we're we're going into the rich people's district and, and then they keep going and they're like oh no we're at Matthew's house this this is terrible like we we can't be here and of course Matthew's like hey I, you're not welcome anyway like stay out so so the the pharisees are outside of matthew's house at this point in time and i love this it says when the pharisees saw this they asked his disciples now now i guess jesus disciples had to like move in and out and in and out i guess they were going out for air I, i'm not completely sure but you know because there's a door between them so there has to be something happening it says why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners we're confused. Like, like, can we TP t- t- out. Like, can we hang out for a second? Like, he's a rabbi. You know, he he's he, he's all about. You know, he, he keep, keeps the laws. You know, we're we're Pharisees. We're law keepers. He, you know, he he's he's a holy guy. We're we're holy people. He's a religious man, and, and I'm a religious person, right? You know, but but why doesn't he hang out with us? Like why why isn't he spending more time with us? Why 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 is he always with these people? You know, to be honest, I, I don't even know if the guy likes us, and I, I don't really think we like him. To be just to be frank, like, and and so so it continues on. It says, you know, like they're just so confused, and and so Jesus, you know, he, he reads this or he hears this. He knows something's happening. He understands that there's some type of uh, of of commotion happening outside. So so we, he decides to chime in. It says, on hearing this, Jesus said it. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but wait, hang on, like can we just put ourselves into Matthew's shoes for a moment? He's a guest in our house, right? It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Now now obviously he kind of calls this out. It says on hearing this, Jesus just says this, like He's probably, hey, hey James, you know, carry this message outside to the Pharisees. You know, I want them to hear this. But so he says this out loud. I, I'm sure, you know, like Matthew's like, okay, okay, I get it. Like you're saying that you're not out there with them because they're not sick, but you're in here with us because we're sick. And, and uh, so, so are, you, are you calling us sick? I'm, I'm sure Jesus, you know, probably laughed and was like, Matthew, you're a tax collector. Of course you're sick. And, and you know, of course, they're all like, yeah, hey, high five, and, you know, they just continue on. Why? Because she's so, so whimsical. Like, it's such a weird story to really think about, but, and, and so, and, and why, is, why, why is this so important? Well, the, like, come on, come on, like, can, can we all just be really honest for a second? You know that you're sick, I know that i 'm sick like like you you have that talk with your son and and you don 't even do the things that you tell your son to do like you you, you, you don 't even you 're not even careful with the things you tell your daughter to be careful around you, you don 't even do the things you tell your employees to do, you break your own rules, and so let 's just say for a moment that there is a god and and it if he has rules, you know you've broken those too. And so I think what Jesus is trying to say here is, you know, uh, uh, like, sure, that's offensive. Matthew's offended. He's thinking, you know, hey, that's, that's not that cool. But, but, you know, you're right. I need a little help. Let, 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 you know, let, let me just tell you something. Only men, women, and children who realize that they need help are ever the ones who were called to be followers of Jesus. The ones who realize that they're not righteous are the only ones who are ever actually call to be followers. Now, you know, of course Jesus offended the people he's with, but he doesn't stop offending people because he's Jesus and and so he he says, "Hey, hey, wait, James, I, I want to add something to that. We we come into verse 13. It says, "But go and learn what this means." Now, this is offensive to pharisees that's all pharisees did you might know somebody on social media that sits there and always has like some really witty comment to post on anything that you say or do you know the 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 troll that lives in his mother's basement um that's a pharisee that's all they did they went and learned their their professional job was to be good what do you do i'm good you know i wake up and i'm i'm good i pee excellence you know just do things But go and learn what this means. And he quotes quotes Hosea. So this is something that they should have known because they should have had this memorized. It says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And then then he he continues on, of course, because he's like, in case you don't get it, I'm going to tell you what I mean. And he continues on with this. He says, um, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now, come to call. I want to hang out with that word right there, come to call. This is important because it says, but go and learn what this means. I, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have come, or I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners, which means he's come to call somebody. In other words, I think Jesus is saying that I'm not content just sitting in a room with a bunch of people who believe the right things and behave the right ways and stop there. I'm not okay with, with just being a part of a, a community or, or a group of people who, who, who just simply believe the right things or, or behave in the right ways. No, he, I, I believe that he's saying, sure, I want to be around people who believe the right things and behave the right ways for the purpose of reaching out to those who don't. You know, we have to be careful because we... We dare not become a church that is simply based around believing the right things or behaving the right way. I don't want a pastor at a church that is content with just simply believing the right things and behaving the right way. I don't want to attend a church, I don't want my family to attend a church that is just completely content With believing the right things and behaving the right way. Because the longer that we spend in that, if you're here, and I'm just going to talk to the Christians for a little bit, and if you're not a Christian, you can just laugh at us. You already think we're hypocrites, and, and we are, I promise, we are. We're not as good as we look, Sundays especially. Sometimes you might see us out at, at school or at work, and you're wondering, why are these people here? Why do they even go to church? The longer we spend as, as, a, as a Christ follower or someone who, who, who is a Christian, quote-unquote, who's just determined to believe the right things and behave the right way, you will find yourself on the outside of the door than where Jesus is sitting and having dinner with people. We will find ourselves becoming the very Pharisees. The the imperial march, you know, will be our, our constant theme song. I will not be a part of a church that decides that's what we're going to do. See, the Pharisees' message was, hey, you change, and then you can come be part of us. You change who you are, and then you can come sit next to us. But Jesus' message was, come be part of us, and then you will change. Come hang out with me, and then you will change. In other words, you, you, you can, you, you're going to come spend time with me, and, and I'll, just be, I'll just give you a fair warning. You can't help but change when you follow him. You can't. If you follow him long enough, one day you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to see somebody that you never expected to see. And it's not because he says, hey, change. It's not because he says we we, we, we have to make sure that we obey. It's not because he gave us ten commandments. It's because he says, well, I'm kind of like a father. Or maybe you can consider me like a vine. Or maybe you could just call me the good shepherd. And so that's what the series is going to all be about. As we wrestle with this idea of follow. And, and I challenge you, maybe this is your first time with us, come back see what we have to say next. Because what we're going to discover is that it's not exclusive. But Jesus' message was incredibly inclusive. And I just have four quick things that I, I want to say as, as we think about this this week. Um, one, well, I guess this isn't one of the things, but my big idea is this, and this is where I get my four things from. It says, Jesus invites unbelievers in misbehaviors To follow him, Jesus invites unbelievers and misbehaviors to follow him. First thing I want to talk about is being a sinner does not disqualify you, it's a prerequisite. Being a sinner does not disqualify you, it's a prerequisite. The people who Jesus called to follow him were the people who were farthest away from him. Matthew, he started on the far end of the spectrum. And and this is important and I'm going to move on. There is nothing, and Chris kind of talked about this last week, there is no sin. No sin. There is no sin that could prevent you from following him. Even if you don't, Necessarily want to jump on board and call yourself a Christian. You can follow. The second one is, and this one's kind of hard for for some of us, is being an unbeliever doesn't disqualify you. You can be here and say, you know what, I don't necessarily believe, you know, that Jesus is divine. I don't necessarily believe I don't even think he was really all that historical. That doesn't disqualify you. Maybe one day you will believe. Maybe one day you won't. It's not my goal right now. My goal is for us to take a baby step together as a community to following. None of Jesus' earliest followers believed he was who he was. It's funny. I, I, I read the Bible, I read, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and, and, and it just says one day it says, and they believed. And this is like two years into them following him. And I'm thinking, what did you do for the past two years? Like this, like being an unfollow or an unbeliever doesn't disqualify you from following. Um. Number three is uh, uh, an invitation to follow is purely an invitation to relationship. I'm not inviting you to believe in the Ten Commandments. I'm not inviting you to follow 600 some old laws that are in the book of Leviticus. I'm not asking you and do anything. Jesus is inviting you to follow. That we, 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 can, we can look at, at, at his life, and you can find the one thing that is possible and apply that. And then finally, the last thing is uh, following forces me to focus on where I am rather than where you are not. If you're here and you're a Christian, you're here and you've been following for a while, it is so easy to think, oh, look at me, look at me, look at all the awesome things that I can do, and, but look at them. Let's actually not focus on me, let's, let's focus on them because they're, they're not where I am an invitation to follow. Jesus never called us to compare ourselves to anybody else. The invitation to follow is to simply look at us and say, okay, well where am I now and where can I be? It it, it pushes such a large responsibility on yourself that you can't help but completely miss where everybody else is. Where am I? Not where are they? Now as we move forward, I, I just want to invite you to to, again, come back, and, and I hope that this isn't just something we listen to here, that we can actually go home and this starts conversations that you can have around the dinner table, you can have in small group, um, and, and, and if you really have any questions, I would love to answer them. We're going to be at the red uh, tent out in the hallway. Um, but, but as we move forward, again, ask yourself the question. Not in a thousand words, am I a believer in Jesus? Am I, am I a believer in the Ten Commandments? No, Am I following? Let me pray for you. God, thank you for making this so easy. God, thank you for, for giving us just the most obvious steps. God, thank you for, for giving us just something so incredibly simple. God, I I, I thank you that, that you didn't come here and have a message that's just so drowned out by so many intricate things that you just simply said, follow me. God, I ask that that you just give the wisdom to all the men, women, and children in this room today, that as we go out, that they can wrestle with and decide what they're going to do with the message and the words that they just heard. It's in your name we pray. Amen.